Hello and welcome to episode 141 of the Mighty Whites podcast. It's been even more of a while, too long to even do the stained reference. Uh, I'm Jack, as always, John Beck, How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm pretty good, you? Yeah, not so bad. Um, we picked a really good under-23s game to skip, didn't we? Yeah, so, you, know, you, were, you were an early start yesterday and, and me just generally being tired, but I... Yeah, I'll give this one a miss. It'd be fine. They've not been the most promising results. Doesn't bode well for the Villa game that we're both going to. Uh, yeah. very, we haven't done a podcast actually since before Newcastle, but we're just going to pretend that didn't happen because it was shit and annoying. So straight into the 23s game, which I believe I'm the only one that watched 90 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Casey having a life and stuff got in the way. Uh, but yeah, Leeds 23 is free, Liverpool 23 is nil. Uh, eight and a half thousand there, which is a really good turnout. I'd like to see what would have happened if we'd have been in the sort of form we were early season. Mm. And a game against Liverpool at this time of year came up. I, I keep wondering what the sort of ceiling is for an under 23s game. And then I remember that Leeds versus Man United reserves game that like 30,000 people showed up to. <laughs> and think, oh, I'd love to see something like that again. But um, so did you just see the like YouTube highlights or something? Yeah, I've just seen the goals. Ah, right. Well, uh, Leeds were very, very good in the first half. Um, they, they almost scored after about a minute. Some of them got in behind. It finish wasn't particularly great, to be honest, but it was a good save. But they were a constant threat. And I know that we bang on about him playing in the 23s all the time, but Somerville just making runs in behind constantly and always looked a threat. And the difference between what when you see us be poor and when you see us be good is the passing to pick him out was much better. Jenkins played a couple of really good balls in behind. And uh, Jeremiah Mullen as well, who was playing centre-back alongside Charlie Cresswell, played some really good balls. So that, mm. it was just constant. It really looked like... It does appear that if there was any sort of a falling out over him asking to leave out and go out on loan and stuff, that it doesn't seem to have wound him up too much. He seemed it seemed to fire him up rather than piss him off. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting seeing Phil Hayes, you know, reporting his his comments about it, and it seemed I don't bleaker is not the word, but it did seem like he very like he very much wanted out. And I, again, I don't know if that's just. The, the language BLC uses. Um, obviously, said if he, you know, any player that wants out that, you know, they can go, I won't stop them. But, um, yeah, you know, it's quite funny because you don't normally see a player demanding to go out. And then when's the next time you see them? Oh, they're starting for the under 23s. Yeah. Well, I, I shouldn't even say the rumor because this, it's a bit stronger than a rumor. I won't say where there'll have been a lot of the, of the people that listen to this. A lot of them will have heard this because it was on another podcast. I won't put the name to it just in case they don't want me to, but I'm fairly sure. They, I mean, they put it out publicly. Uh, but there was a rumour that basically that Blackburn under-23s game where they were absolutely awful and got battered around deadline day, mm. where they got beat 4-0. Somerville was meant to start in that game and just wasn't there and was in Holland. Yeah. Is the rumour to do with it. Uh, it's what has been heard coming out of various places. Um, even before they said it, there was a, a lot said about it online and stuff anyway. So it sounds like that might well be true. 
But with the Somerville one, in the same way that I understand the drama one, I just don't, because he had two weeks left in the window, I think he could have afforded to wait a week. Yeah. This Somerville one, I have a little bit more sympathy because he's had so few minutes and he is far too good to be playing under 23 football. And he's mm. never going to get a real run in the side because he plays in the same position as Rafinha. Yeah, the uh, one of the well, I think one defense of it would be he he has been on and off the bench fairly frequently with injuries this season as well. Nothing particularly yeah. major, but he has kind of been in and out there. Um, you know, I would expect him to be on the bench more often whilst we don't have Bamford in the team just because at that point we're, we're generally utilising all three wingers. Hmm. Um, which, you know, I, I would like to see him get a bit more playing time again, not just for the sake of it, but, um, you know, has, he has looked good when he's, when he's come on the, the last, last couple of times. Yeah. Um, and I suppose when you're in his position as, as, now a, a Holland under twenty one, you know th- those are players that are typically playing week in week out, and you can't really expect to keep your place in a team at that level playing reserve team football. Yeah, and it's not like he's it's not like he's seventeen. You know, he's he's twenty. Yeah, which he's, he's still he's young. Dead. You're you're still going to develop, but he does need to play. He'd be one of. I don't know how much money he's on now, and I think he's only got one year after this. He's one at ones I'd be offering a new contractor and saying, but I promise if you're not getting loads of minutes by the time we get to the back end at summer transfer window, you can go out. Yeah. Like, because he, he can't keep sitting in reserves. Um, yeah, the first, as I he was the main threat. The goal, the goal putting his one nil up at half time. Uh, Somerville gets in down the right, cuts inside. Good save, falls to Jack Jenkins, who's following it well. Really good finish. And at half time, like Leeds had been, I thought they were worth a lead. They were they, they were pretty good, and the worry with the twenty threes lately has been that drop off, which has been stark in a lot of games. You know, it it really is. It's you, you it's mean where we lo- where we stopped defending? Yeah, it sort of looks like they're just. It it looks like they're unfit, but it can't be that. Hmm. I don't know if they just fall to a bit system wise or something like that. Or if they are running themselves so hard in the first half that they are running out of kill. But Maybe this Mark one, Jackson's just naive. Yeah, true. <laughs> there was a couple of games where no, that is a naive team. <laughs> there was one of them where there were where there were like two. I think they were drawing with Man City with like two minutes left, and they threw like nine players forward and just conceded. <laughs> it was it was really ridiculous. But um, there, there was a drop off in the second half, like for a good like twenty. 25 minutes, Liverpool then were the better side, but Leeds did have a threat on the break. Uh, at half-time, um, God, I, my brain keeps... Because I've been talking about Villa, my brain wanted to call him John McGinn there. Adam McGurk is <laughs> who I meant. He came on for Noan Kenner, and uh, Jenkins dropped to DM, and we really did miss Kenner in there. At DM, he looks far better than he did as a centre-back for most of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. You know, obviously, I've not watched a whole lot of now and Kenner, but the, the times I've seen him in defence, there's been nothing to nothing to shout about. Really, I've not been 
massively keen on a number of our defenders in the 23s, to be fair, and I think we've looked significantly weaker any time we've not had Cresswell in the team. Yeah, well, that is one thing that I was going to come on to. Charlie Cresswell returned in this game, played 90 minutes. I suppose the good thing with it being a shoulder injury is he won't have lost much of his fitness because he'll have still been able to go out running and everything. Mm. Um, but he came back in and made a massive difference. The entire defence looked far more settled. Even Klassen looked a bit more settled by his standards. He still had a couple of really dodgy passes out from the back, but he, he looked a lot better in this game. But the one that stood out at the back, as much as Cresswell made all the difference, was Jeremiah Mullen, who... I, it's weird with him because he played in that team full of actual children that we sent to Accrington and Stanley that got hammered. And I remember thinking at the end, he stood up about the best of all those kids. Yeah. And then he hadn't played much because I don't get to see the under-18s. And the couple of times he's played in 23s, I didn't really see much. But in this game, he was excellent. Defended really well. And the thing that really helped was he was getting on the ball and stepping out, beating a man and beating the press. And then, generally speaking, he used the ball well as well. He was a, uh, he was very, very good. I say, kind of being there really helped. Archie Gray played in midfield, and despite being so far above his age group, was really good. Um, it was, it was really good to see. Uh, Leeds then got two penalties relatively late on. Uh, Somerville got in behind for the first one. His touch wasn't great when he was sprinting in behind. He was a bit off balance, and he gets the slightest little push and goes down and they get the penalty. It was a bit harsh, to be honest. But Somerville got up, took the penalty well, scored. And then Somerville dribbles into the box, gets poofed up in the air. <laughs> this one... <laughs> this, one <laughs> this one really was a penalty. Uh, because he got properly kicked on this one, he actually went off for treatment. Because you are allowed to... St- the only exception for an outfield player that you can stay on is if you're taking the penalty. Because mm. it came up in a Leeds game a couple of years ago. Uh, and this time Max Dean took it, another really good penalty. Um, Max Jimmy Dean, as apparently is his full name. Jimmy seeming like an odd middle name, but sure. Isn't Jimmy Dean a sausage in America? It's, uh, I think Jimmy Dean is a sandwich place. I thought that was Jimmy John's. Ah, yeah, you're right. Because they're on Brock Lesnar's shorts. Yeah, sorry, you're right. Jimmy, yeah, they are a, a sausage maker. Yeah. Founded um, by country singer and actor Jimmy Dean. Well, the more you know. Uh, one thing sterile. that I did... No, no, I'm invested now, Jack. Come on. <laughs> uh, I did notice that there was no Hilda at all. Um, obviously, he is currently first-team squad. But because Hilda didn't play at all, Andy took Kenner off at half-time. My worry is that Kenner's needed for the bench. But he might be on it anyway because Chris Moore's been on it. And he he wasn't awful. I'm not digging him out. But if one player on the pitch didn't do well, it was probably Chris Moore. He, he didn't have a particularly good game. Yeah. Uh, mm. and, and the bits I've seen have not been... By the way, okay, so it's just... Hey, I, I mean, Ali getting in touch. Jimmy Dean was a singer. Did big, bad, bad John. Good okay. to know. <laughs> it's good to know Ali's always got our back. Yeah, proving his quizzing credentials there, <laughs> <Ali>. <laughs> Which, you know, is something that I can respect. Um, yeah. Somerville 
almost certainly for me will not be on the bench on Wednesday because of all of this that's gone on behind the scenes and the press conference and everything. But if you're talking purely football reasons, he definitely should be. Yeah, I mean, we'll get on to it, but I'm trying to think. I assume the winger that will be on the bench would be McKinstry. Uh, probably. Like, McKinstry looks decent, but he doesn't... I, ju- I just don't personally think he's going to make it. Like, he played right back against Blackburn, which was weird. Mm. It, it wasn't good. Inverted um, fullback. Like, because he's stepped up a bit recently and he does have a slight bit of first-team experience, if if one of them's going to be on the bench and Somerville's not the one, I'd probably say Amari Miller would should be the one. If, if one of those two is going to be on the bench, I'd pick him at the minute. Mm. Tyler Roberts. Yeah, well, he, he might start, you never know. Uh, and to be honest, if it's going to be Rodrigo in midfield, I don't particularly. I, I'd be fine with it being Roberts. It doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, it was a really big win for them um, because obviously they're in a relegation battle as well over twenty threes for the same reason. You know, well, the playing like, are... the playing like the first two. Yeah, yeah, you've got to replicate these situations, and that's what the twenty threes have done. Yeah, but they've done. Um, that was a really big result. I really, they did mention on commentary that they're going to play a fair few at Ellen Road between now and end of season, which is good. I hope loads of people turn out for it because I think it's good for everyone if they do. Mm. Uh, this question is shamelessly nicked from a square ball podcast from like just after deadline day. What would you give the transfer window out of 10? I am more positive than most, I think. So I'm probably leaning towards a four or a five. And and a lot of that is heavily weighted on no one good leaving. Mm. Um, I didn't expect... I've never went into this expecting anything to happen. Like, I, th- I think we've been burnt before by, you know, Jan... Well, Augustan, mainly. Who? Um, but yeah, well... Yeah, some lad who we allegedly tried to sign, but can't really remember. It, I, be, I believe the deal fell through as option expired. Yeah. Um, outside of that, like I, you look at the players, I, I mean, it's a little bit... There's part of you does think, like, why didn't we take Harry Winks or why didn't we take Danny Van Der Beek? Like, now, whether Van Der Beek would have chosen... Yeah. Everton ahead of us is, is kind of an, another issue. Um, I understand why we didn't take Winks. I'm having more trouble understanding why we didn't take Van der Beek. We've got Lewis Bate. It, it's basically the answer to that question. Um, as, as I, I really like it. Lewis Bate. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the problem is when you sit through that Newcastle game and you're doing this footballing arithmetic of, right, we have a striker. We're playing him in centre mid. We're playing a winger as a striker. And then the one sort of, tr- the next sort of true striker that we have. Because at this point, I'm not entirely sure what Robert's best role is. I think it's probably as a striker. But the next be- the next out-and-out striker in our team is Gelhart, who I don't know what he did to not get on first in that Newcastle game. 
But I mean, or, in fairness to Bielsa, in fairness to Bielsa, he did say in his press conference he only got past fit the day before. I didn't want to push him. Yeah, I would yeah. argue if you're fit enough to be on the bench, you're fit enough to do more than about 15 minutes. But, and I mean, he never, he barely had a kick at ball. He didn't do well, but that's because he had no midfield behind him at that point. Yeah, I mean, the other issue would then be how long do Winks or Van Der Beek take to get fit for that system? And then do they get instantly replaced once Phillips is fully fit and we go back to Phillips, Farshaw and Click in the middle? Mm. Which would be, as a a general thought, the idea that Mateus Click would basically keep Danny van der Beek out of the team is hilarious. Because it's Danny van... Oh, yeah. Well, obviously on the square, I think it was... I think it was the Phil Hay show they were talking about, obviously... Minamino would come in essentially as the the replacement to Somerville. Hmm. Which is weird because Minamino has probably played more football centrally than he has out wide. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's always going to be the problem that you get these these players in whether they're permanent signings or or short-term deals. And depending on the time frame of the players coming back from injuries... Who knows what sort of playing time they're going to get, and and what you know what good does it do as having Harry Winks not play, but be on our books, not and you know also be away from home, like he's clearly not going to be happy. Yeah, and uh, would probably be on. I mean, especially Van der Beek, but both of them will probably be on fairly good money. Yeah, so so at that point, and and I knew, again, I knew we weren't going to get a striker in. Because as soon as they get fit, as soon as Bamford gets fit, that striker is going to drop out of the team. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt in my mind, whatever they did, that Bamford's coming back in. Mm. So, like, I, I, I don't know what to expect. And I think the, the, thing, I, the thing I take issue with, with a few people now is, now that I look back on kind of the comments that were made by Kinnear, especially in the programme, is that Angus Kinnear's kind of damned if he doesn't, damned if he doesn't. Mm. Like, if he says, you know, oh, there is, to, you know, that Simon's war chest is there for Marcelo, mm. you're then sort of hanging your manager out to dry for not signing anyone. If he says the money's not there, then it, it looks like the club's been cheap. Mm. Um, you know, th- there is no point of signing players to then go, look, Marcelo, it's, it's another centre mid, and he's like, "Yeah, but Lewis Bates there. It's like, yeah. Why have you done that?" Like, we're fine. So there's no point having these these around. So I just feel like between Arthur, Kinnear, and, and Bielsa, there's kind of this little dance that has to go on where they're all on side, you know, all, all on side with each other, and trying to make it look like. They are interested in doing a deal, but as long as it's the right deal. Yeah. And clearly the one deal they wanted to do was Aronson, which wasn't going to happen. Now, it's weird. You, you mentioned, you said four or five, and I've ended up on a four. Because my like minimum like minimum passing grade at uni is like 40%, isn't it? For a yeah. Well, not selling anyone is that. <laughs> 
And we did, and you know, no disrespect to Mateo Joseph Fernandez, we didn't sign anyone. Yeah, the so under that's tw- about the under twenty three signed a player. Uh, barely, he's like, <laughs> I mean, he's had he's had two sub appearances total in about five minutes. I would say at the minute, the eighteens have signed a player, uh, and he might turn out to be an absolute bargain. And I hope he does. I hope he's a fucking world beater. But like, I, I can't give it any more than that. No, which 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 is, which is you fair. Saying... Like, you know, we we didn't sign anyone in a transfer window where, logically speaking, we definitely should have signed someone. If you are talking purely in terms of looking at the squad and looking at the position where we are, we absolutely should have signed someone. Mm. But you have to. Li- but you then have to go. Well, do they fit? The uh, all the parameters that Bielsa is looking for, do they fit the budget? And it's like going through Football Manager and just limiting everything. Like, I want a box-to-box midfielder between the ages of 22 and 24. They must be born in Europe. Uh, their passing must be at least 16. Like, it, you're just adding more and more bits until this list of players gets... Narrower and narrower, um, to the point where you just like, ah, oh, sod it, we'll be fine. Yeah. Whereas you were saying, like, your expectation was that we wouldn't sign anyone. By the midpoint in the transfer window, I was the same. At the start, I did think we would sign one central midfielder. Like, I really thought that they were good. No, we. You're do, a mug, we do Rob need... Shaw. You're a mug. Yeah, we do really need a central midfielder. <laughs> But no, it never happened. Um, it's a bit weird. I do, I do like that it keeps bait in with a shout because I do really like bait from what I've seen of him. But the one, the one thing I will say, and and look, it, it's great that we've we've set this record for giving the most number of teenagers a debut in a season. You also can't pretend that that was by design. Or that that really makes any shite of a difference. Because a lot of them, like Stuart McKinstry, counts as one of debuts this season. He played about 15 minutes. Yeah, there's there's some merit to some of those players. Hmm. And I think most, like any of the ones that started, I think, are fine. And I think any of them that have that played a significant amount of time in a game. But at the same, you know... We can't pretend that the last three years didn't happen where outside of strike, and even that was just last season, the progress from the 23s to the first team has been fairly minimal. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, Jack Clark was the big one. He did properly force his way in. Mm. Uh, but there, and there then is he a got lot repl- of them- And then he got replaced. By Jack Clark's doppelganger. Yeah, that that weird guy that we got on loan from Spurs. I don't know who that was, mm. but it wasn't Jack Clark. Uh, we've it, it is a weird one. Like, there's been a lot of people on about it, and they are right. Yeah, we've given eight debuts to teenagers this season, but in terms of actual total minutes given to them, it's not very high. No, and then like, like I, I feel like Gelhart is the next one to break through. He's the one properly. who they have stopped. They have stopped picking him for the twenty threes. 
Yeah, I think he is a first-team player now, but yeah. he's clearly the third-choice striker still. Like Dan, like yeah. Dan James is ahead of him right now. Somehow he is ahead of Spanish international Rodrigo in this absolute mindfuck of a Leeds United team that I support. I'm still not 100%. Given if it came down to one or the other, I'm still thinking that Bielsa might well pick Roberts. Yeah, I, I I would disagree, but I think he would. Yeah, it's. I think it is part of what makes supporting Leeds at the moment as entertaining as it is, that you have that you have to have these conversations where we our record signing is a Spanish international striker who we almost seemingly refuse to play as a striker, but he plays in centre midfield, despite the fact that his pressing game. Visually, I've, I've not got the statistics, but visually doesn't seem to stand up to what the rest of the team has to do. I personally haven't checked it myself. I know that they did look into it on one of All Stats Aren't We pods a few months ago. And his numbers are actually better than you'd think. Mm. But it's be, pre, the pressing numbers are weird because successful pressure is like you've, is if you, if the opposition loses the ball within five seconds of you closing them down, basically. Mm. So if he gets nowhere near with a pressure, but someone misses a 35-yard pass, that counts as a successful... So it's a bit of a weird metric that I don't think the the, the smarter people than me that do things like that have not yet figured out how you should really measure it. What you're saying is that if I catch COVID, then within 28 days I get hit by a bus, that's a successful press. By the bus, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to make that a real-world analogy. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of just say, still, I, I just want it on record now. I'm not a COVID denier or anything like that. <laughs> just just, just for when that gets wheeled out and I get misquoted. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that what you said is, I aren't having none of that 5G in my arm. I believe is what you said. Yeah. Uh, it's it's sort of a weird one. Like I did, we've we touched on it, but I did like note down: is the at least no one left a legitimate argument? And I really do think it is. Yeah, but I, the there would have been if they'd have sold someone big in January. That the, they the, were just never been, gonna because there'd have been a fucking march on the ground if they'd have done that. No, the, the, I think in terms of players that are in the first team that fans would be accepting of leaving for, for varying, well, I suppose not varying reasons, fairly similar, are Roberts. And I think Rodrigo, I think if he'd have gone. I, I I did think that there was, I genuinely think there was something to that Barcelona talk. Because mm. they seem to be, they're, they're so weird with transfers. And they did bring in players. And I do think that there was maybe something to that. And if that option was there, I'd I would have probably cut my losses just because he don't suit. But I think the worry that they've got is if Bielsa goes in the summer, maybe he will suit the next guy. So they don't just want to sell him off cheap because he is good. <laughs> he yeah, just does I... not suit our system. Like I really felt like Newcastle was a time, and especially once you'd seen 
a couple of the chances that we didn't take in that first half where, you, where I would have thought, put Rodrigo up front. Mm. Like, I, I know he's not an off-the-shoulder striker or anything like that, but you, you can't tell me he wouldn't have been in, in a better position in the middle than than Dan James ended up being. Because, you know, as good as we were down the wings and as good as some of the balls into the middle are, if you've not got the man there, it's there is an argument that if you're putting a ball into a dangerous area but there's no one there, it's not really a good ball unless someone, unless a defender chucks themselves at it. Mm. You know, there was that Dan James ball in the second half that I think he sort of curled across the six-yard box, but th- there was no one there. There was never anyone there. It's not as if someone overran it. Yeah. It was a, that that Newcastle game was incredibly frustrating to watch because we weren't great in the first half, but we should have been two up, mm. maybe more. And then in the second, that second half performance against Newcastle, that was maybe other than that Brighton away last year and Southampton away this year are maybe the only games we've been worse. I think like, I think I described it to you as creatively void, like we yeah. just. Absolutely nothing. I, I, Rafinha never got into the game. We didn't get down the wings at all. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten is... about that. I did actually say leaving the game that the second half was one of the worst forty-five minutes that Rafinha's had. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you anything anyone did offensively. Mm. Um, we just we just offered absolutely nothing. Um, but let's not get into that now. No. I've just reco- I've just recovered. Let's hope that we don't offer nothing tomorrow, especially seeing as we're going. So, Villa away, 8pm tomorrow night. And I will definitely be on the bus. You'd better fucking get there, mate. Definitely <laughs> on the bus. Uh, but basically, the coach leaves at quarter past four, I think it is. Yep. KC works in a school. I meant to work until 3.30 at a school in York. <laughs> How far, in theory, is your drive? How long does it take, in theory? 30, 35 to 40 minutes. <laughs> I, I am I am basically leaving school as the kids leave school. Is, is there someone at work you could have a word with to be out two minutes before the kids? Yeah, I might try. I, I would if I was Because <laughs> it's only two away trips ago that the coach was waiting for just you. But that, that was, was different. That was That's because you were in the fault. queue at McDonald's. That was McDonald's fault. I was waiting for that food for 15 minutes and still never got it. Yeah. You had to bring that trauma back, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, and hopefully we that, can that bring the trauma... The wor- that was definitely the worst part about that game, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully we'll bring the trauma back to Villa, because we won there 3-0 last season. Yeah, um, if I'm being honest, I'm less confident. Yeah. They're playing quite well under Stevie at the moment. Um, turns out he's a good manager who, who's taken time to learn his craft, um, unlike the Everton manager. But I don't know if they can manage in the same division no. together, to be honest. No, yeah. <laughs> Frank Lampard has now had the time to learn his craft. He just hasn't because he's not very good. <laughs> uh, so Villa, 4-3-3. Wingbacks go piling forward a lot. Um, 4-3-3. It's us, 4-1-4-1. But 
their midfield is probably going to be Douglas Lewis holding Jacob Ramsey one side, McGinn the other. So how our midfield lines up depends on how attacking John McGinn is. Because sometimes he sits a bit deeper, sometimes he pushes on. Either way, you would think Robin Cock holding for sure as the more defensive of the eights. So it just basically changes whether Forshaw is a proper eight or whether he drops a bit deeper. It doesn't. So system wise, it's, that's really the only debate is how far forward will Forshaw play. What, yeah, football manager speak. Are we setting him to defensive, deep line playmaker or support? Support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I quite like Villa, like their team. They're a decent team, aren't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've noted down roughly what it'll be because it doesn't change much normally. Emmy Martinez in goal, good keeper. Matty Cash, probably Conso and Mings at the back. Luca Dean at left back. Luca Dean terrifies me because he's set pieces and open play crossing are good. And we're not particularly good at defending either. Luis, mm. McGinn, Jacob Ramsey in midfield. And then it'll probably be Buendia and Coutinho either side of Watkins. Uh, Watkins played the last game against Everton. He rotated him a bit, but he seems to have settled on Watkins. Watkins always likes playing against us. And if you're not playing a rapid winger, you probably want your striker to be quicker. Yeah. Uh, Leon Bailey's back in training, but I doubt he'll start. You know, he, he could potentially drop one of those and play Watkins wide and playings, but I don't see it. So I, ex I expect that to be their team. Yeah. Um, I say I, th I think they're a, they're a good group of. I think it's probably your your first eleven and your subs. I think are, are a very good group. I think there's a little bit of a drop off after that, but. Um. No, they're, they're playing quite or playing better at the moment. I'm looking through the results, it's um, they've had a couple of results in there that you wouldn't have expected them to get. I know when they played Liverpool, um, there was a lot of the talk of one well, obviously Gerard going back there. Um, and they did quite a good job against Liverpool, but at the same time, they did sort of nullify themselves. I think they only ended up having about three shots all game. Yeah, there, um, there was a few Villa fans who, don't get wrong, they weren't mad at him because it's early days and they like him, but they did think that Gerard was a bit too negative in that game. Yeah, I, I can't see I can't see them going like that just because I, I think most teams will know Leeds are there to be got at to some extent if you, you know, I, I one, if you're a central defender and you run in a straight line, you've got about 40 yards. Hmm. So if Tyrone Ming starts striding forward, it'd be like John Stones at that the Etta had last season, um, but the I, I, to be honest, I'd let I, if you know, like we sometimes let them have the ball. Yeah, Ming's one of them that it's fine to do that. I think. Yeah, um, him and Concer, although they're not like absolutely dreadful on the ball, but I wouldn't say either one of them's a ball playing centre back. No. So that, that's, but you know. It, I suppose it's a Premier League footballer. If you give me enough space, I can do something with it. Yeah. It, I, I, it'll be interesting because I think if we're going 4 1 4 1, I assume we'll be going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we go with Dan James up front again. 
uh, in the lineup I've got down here, I'm expecting the same. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, just trying to think your lineup then. In fact, to be honest, your lineup outside of. Ooh. So it'd be in midfield where it'd be the only real change, I'd imagine. So I'm thinking Melian goal. Yep. Ailing, Urente, Strike. Do you think Furpo's back for this one? Uh, by the sounds of it in the press conference, he might be fit enough to be on the bench, but yeah. I don't see him starting. So Dallas left back. Mm-hmm. Then Cock for sure. Who it did from Ooh. the press conference sound like he was back, back. Yeah, I, with the way he's been playing, I, I wouldn't believe in him out. I thought I thought he was a player we definitely missed in the second half against Newcastle. Just yeah, we did keep us ticking over because we compl- Well, we I was going to say we lost control of the midfield, but they just stopped being one. Yeah, and not in the fun way from that one all against Man City, where both teams were playing five not five. Mm. Um, this wasn't that. This was just incompetent, bad levels of midfield. Yeah, that's a bit of the interesting one then. So. I think given recent performances, I'd go with Click over Rodrigo. I have Rodrigo written down here, but I don't want that to be the case. I absolutely would pick Click. Yeah, and then Rafinha, Harrison, James. Yeah. Now, I would pick Click, and I, if he must, if he insists on playing Dan James up front, fine. But I would pick Click, and I would play Rodrigo up front. I'd I'd much rather Rodrigo played up front, and and honestly, I just think, given our, we've not been as prolific as we should have been. I don't know, sort of the history of Marcelo Bielsa's leads is underperforming our xG, but I feel like when you when you you've got one striker in your squad really, and he is also a Spain international. I feel like you just you're making a roll through your own back at that point to to start a winger who, while his pressing is is excellent, it does not get. He's not a natural goal scorer in any way. Yeah. And if like Rodrigo is smart enough, if you tell him to just drop deep a bit less, I'm mm. sure he will. Like it, it, it is his natural inclination. That is the way he plays. But Bamford does that as well. It, you, it's just that Bamford doesn't do it every single time. Yeah, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it's a quite there's something I quite enjoy, and I think it's what every football fan enjoys is like when Dan James is suddenly in our own corner making a slide challenge, and, he, and, and you're like, "Oh, brilliant!" But you are meant to be up front. Yeah, well, like, you depends. are miles out of position now. Like, I know that there are cases when the man is. Like a man yeah. has gone and he needs to. Well, he did up. a brilliant one against Newcastle where he chased all the way back to be last man and make a really good tackle. Mm. But the difference was that was them breaking on us from a set piece. Yeah. So that wasn't running out of position. That was, oh, fuck, someone's got to go and I'm the quickest. Yeah. And it was, and I mean, he got an, like a standard ovation from the crowd, which he deserved as well. It was brilliant. Mm. The other question, because I, I'd say I'd love to see Rodrigo tried up front again, even though. I have seen plenty of examples of it not working. So I'm fine if he doesn't. But if he doesn't, the question is, 
should Joffy get the start? I I think yeah. If I was gonna if I was gonna rank it in an order like a top three of who I'd want to start up front, I think I'd go Rodrigo, Gelhart, James. Sorry, Tyler. Mm. Uh, no, you know what? I'll pro- no, you know what? I'll probably want Tyler Roberts to start ahead of Dan James as well. And, and, and look, I'm coming round to Dan James. I think he's had some good performances. He's just not a striker. Yeah. And I, and I know my view of what a striker is compared to Marcelo Bielsa's is a lot narrower, but I, I want my striker to be a goal scorer. Yeah. Because we don't the, have many. The other argument is that if the team was Melier, it, well, if the midfield is cock. Fall short, click, and then Rafinha, James Harrison up top. Mm. That was the six for that first 20 minutes against West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah. Which is the best we've looked all season. Uh, so if he played Cock, Fall short, click, Rafinha, James Harrison, although I don't think Dan James is a striker, I would be perfectly, I, I, I'd be fine with that. You just hope that we can grab hold at midfield. Because yeah, I'm, I'm just the the thing that gets me at the moment. I'm looking at our goal scorers at the moment. Rafinha is top with eight and two assists. Harrison with six and two assists. Half of those goals coming in one game. Mm. Then it's Bamford, James, and Rodrigo on two. Um. And then Ailing, Click, Gelhart, Roberts, Phillips, Dallas, Urente, all with one. It's not great. Like it's you know, it's very good that we've got Rafinha and Harrison there at least. Um, and I, I know the stats are skewed because of where they played. You know, Dan James is on a goal every ninety minutes. He's not point one two, you know, whereas Harrison's. Not point three three. Mm. Rafini is not point four three. It's it's a real drop off after after those two. Bamford's looks a lot better because he's got two goals and three assists in seven games at this point. Yeah. We just, I mean, again by the sounds of the press conference, he's not going to be back anytime soon. No. So, but he is. He's the. He's a bigger miss than Phillips is, which I wouldn't have said a year ago. I wouldn't have said at the start of the season. Uh, but it has gone that way because I think Robin Cock is getting used to the DM role now. And he's he's not Phillips, but he's, and he's improved. Yeah. We just... Yeah, just really need a goal scorer. And I feel like with the squad we have, we just we're not actually optimizing. I think if you look to the the graphic that the Athletic put out today about areas of the pitch dominated, I that. Um, you know, you look at the fact that I don't read a lot into us dominating or not dominating in sort of central areas in the opposition half because I don't, we don't hold the ball there for long periods of time. No, yeah. and also even the teams that don't play really passing football, pass it round the centre-backs a bit. 
you you would expect to not have the ball dominate the ball there. There was only Man City who dominated it pretty much everywhere. Yeah, and it's the fact that we dominate area, you know, dominate the wings. And whilst I understand that we're not a team that, that puts crosses into the box, we do. Actually, see, I know, would argue we do and do it well, badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we do best when we get to the byline and we have a striker between the edge of the penalty area and the penalty spot that we can pull it back to who scores that, you know, that's when we've been most successful. I don't know. Probably most teams are in that regard, but we go through pit, we go through spurts where we do it really well. And then other periods when we're just putting crosses in and like you say, you know, you look who's there at the moment, it's Dan James. It's a grand. Yeah. Uh, So the only thing is, well, two predictions. One, will the coach be waiting for you? And two, and more importantly, what do you reckon the score will be? Um, I don't think the coach will be waiting for me. Because oh, so you just—it's going to fuck off before you get there. There's going to be a point when you see my car driving alongside the coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So if that happens, if that happens, I just won't get on it. You can just drive <laughs> to Birmingham. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um. <laughs> I'm not the most optimistic, but I'm, I'm going to say we get a one-all draw. I'm uh, taking your prediction. I, I, I've been flicking between one-one and two-one defeat. To be honest, I, I just think, I think these are relatively even sides. But at the minute, I think they're in a little bit better nick. They've got a bit more confidence and they're at home. Uh, so, obviously, I really want to be wrong. And generally speaking, Leeds are better when I'm pessimistic, which is a factor for me in this. But I think we'll get beat. I think it'll be 2 1, Villa. Yeah. Um, I'll just try to say, I'm just having a look now. A win would lift us up to 13th. Right. Uh, I can say I haven't had a look at the table. Obviously, it depends on how that, 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 Yeah, go. that's I have no I have no. Is anyone playing tonight? Or to, or tomorrow, there's a couple. Or just... There is a, there is two. There's three games tonight: Newcastle v Everton, which, by the way, is massive. With where they are, I tell you, love a draw. Burnley are home to scum, and West Ham are playing Watford. And I wasn't gonna bring this up because it's been done to death, and everyone knows what a twat he is. But how the fuck is Kurt Zuma starting? Yeah, we condemn these actions, but uh, yeah, I, I, we do. Like, I know it has nothing to do with football, and I know technically it doesn't have any bearing, technically, on West Ham or his ability to do his job or anything like that. I get all those arguments, but fuck Kurt Zuma. Yeah, it's just tasteless, and like yeah. obviously what he did is just fucking disgusting. Well, I mean, the the key is like. The fact that that was being, you know, the way it was done, that clear, I don't care what he says, that was not isolated. You film, like, I'm sorry. If, like, you, if you're going out of your way to film it, that's not an isolated incident. If I know you're... this doesn't improve the situation, but at what point do you think kicking an animal and just think, well, I best film this? Like, yeah. taking aside 
how horrible of what he did was. He's a fucking moron. Yeah. Also, it's not just it's not like he, you know, one kick. He's getting his kid to tee the cat up for him. Yeah, you know, and like throwing stuff at it and things like that. It's just, it, uh, it's just awful. Connie likes your shirt, by the way. Uh, it's that shirt that never existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was absolutely amazed that I've just, I just flicked the BBC on to check which fixtures were today and which were tomorrow. And it was the headline, and I can't believe he's starting tonight. Uh, yeah, then tomorrow, there's, there's four games tomorrow night. Man City, Brentford, Norwich, Palace, Spurs, Southampton and us. And then Liverpool, Leicester and Wolves and Arsenal on the Thursday. So there's a full midweek programme. Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to finish up 13th. I'm fine with that. Cool. Uh, the one to briefly talk about then, I suppose, is, the, is we will briefly talk about Newcastle Everton. Newcastle, 21, po- 21 games, 15 points. Everton, 20 games, 19 points. Newcastle would have snapped your hand off for 21 points. Yeah. Do, do we want a draw or do we want Everton to win? Because it's not really about them. It's just distance to the bottom three. I'm going to go for the draw. Just because it, the longer Everton go on this run, after, you know, the better for me. Mm. You know, as much as they are... Be- that is a better squad than where they are in the league, but you know if they can if they keep this run going, I, you know I could see them slip. You know they're not that far off at this point. Yeah, and it's fair to say that we don't rate the new manager. No, although the one thing is, even though he isn't good, the Everton fans are very pleased with the appointment. As much as they might take a little bit to get going. Donny van der Beek and Deli Alley aren't like rubbish players. They, they Del should Ali, improve. Deli Alley is an interesting one. It, it'd be like I have full faith in Donny van der Beek being a good signing because I, I think genuinely he's a good player who I, it mystifies me why he's not played in that team at times. Del Alley is is an interesting one in this case, and I hate all the arguments about how he's turned up to training in a Rolls Royce. You see people go. Ah uh, well, this is a working class club, and I'm like, yeah, you know, fuck him. Why didn't you just do what the other players do and rock up in a 150 grand Range Rover, not a Rolls Royce? Like, yeah, uh, it, it, that was a weird one. Uh, I suppose and Lampard will do a fantastic job and take them to 17th in the league. That's how it'll be framed if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> he kept the, he miraculously kept them up. Yeah, Matt Law wanking off on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Coach of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's not imagery that I wanted or needed, but thanks for that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, you just... As it goes, I think that both of them are going to stay up because I think it will be Burnley-Watford-Norwich. I, I told you, Norwich pulling away. Yeah, they're a whole point. Of... <laughs> In fairness, when you said they were pulling away from the relegation zone, they were 18th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but then they won a resounding victory. Yeah. I don't want to talk about who it was against, but it was a big win. Yeah. Um, so, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I suppose any of the results, at least someone's dropping points is the best thing. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, there's also the Seat Geek news, uh, Leeds having to deal with them and stuff. But to be honest, I don't really have much to say about it. It's it is what it is. But about half the teams in the Premier League have got this deal now. Yeah, you just hope it's managed well because I saw some of the prices that tickets were going for for the Man United game, and it's just disgusting. Yeah, well, I suppose I think the problem is that it's base. It's just I would much rather there was no resale whatsoever and things like that. Mm. But I think it's just always going to happen, so regulating it's probably better. Yeah, I was fully on board with the internal resale where you get money taken off your. Yeah, that was a good idea. Ticket. I think I think it's a fantastic idea. I mean, uh, I don't I don't know anyone who's going to use it, but it's it clearly like, but it clearly does get used. I have seen people get tickets from it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where clearly if you if you just don't know anyone who is available to get to a game, yeah, like it's a decent you know it's it's a good thing to have. It's particularly good for. Leeds fans that travel, if they suddenly like on the Friday or on the Thursday, they've yeah, now got to work. Leeds fans that have booked tickets in advance and then Sky change the game. Yeah, it's it's more stuff like you know you work in you you live down south but you drive up for every game, mm. and then on the Thursday you find out you've got to work Saturday. There's no way around it. Yeah, you might not have someone who lives near you that you can give the ticket to, so you can sell it on that. Like if you live anywhere around Leeds one of your mates is a Leeds fan. So you're probably just going to do that. But now it'll be, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, have we anything else we've missed? No, I think we're all good. Right, cool. Well, hopefully we'll get a result tomorrow because God, I really, we could really do with it. Um, That will do us for episode, I think I said 141 at Lightwise yep. Podcast. Uh, there hasn't been loads going up lately on for it altogether because everyone is so busy with work. Um, but I think I'm taking some of the writing duties for the Everton game on Saturday, so you might see some up there. Um, other than that, I think that'll do us. So I've been Jack. See you. Thank you, Katie. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs>